Hi everyone, I'm Jordan. And I'm Kelty. And we want to welcome you to the YWAMers podcast. We're excited to have you here. On this podcast, we interview youth with a mission who are everywhere reforming the spheres, aka YWAMers, in the hope that our listeners will be inspired on how they too can be missionaries in their everyday life. So today's our very first podcast. It's Jordan and Kelty Taylor here. Say something good. Hello, podcast people. Hello, podcast rushers. <laughs> and our very first interviewee is Christina Martin. Welcome, Christina. Thank you. It's great to be with you guys. And uh, we are calling you from just outside of Toronto, Canada. Where are you located? I am in Los Angeles, California. In LA. Right yes. on. Where the sun is shining, it's currently uh, snowing outside here, so we oh. may be slightly jealous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, probably about, a lot warmer there. About 70 degrees right now, and oh, still nice. kind of sunny, so yeah, I can't complain about the weather. Okay. It's very nice. Yes, it's beautiful. One day, send us there, God. Let that be our mission field. <laughs> so, uh, Christina, thanks for being our first ever guinea pig on this podcast and uh firstly where and when did you do your dts yeah thank you i'm so honored by the way thank you guys for asking me um so i did my dts in kona and i did my outreach in south africa okay and what year did you do your dts i did my dts in 2013 um actually with kelty january 2013 yes and uh, Fire and Fragrance. Fire and Fragrance. And did you stay on after DTS or did you go straight home? I did. So I went back to do the leadership track in Kona and then I ended up staffing the 2014 January Fire and Fragrance School. Okay. What did you do between graduating DTS? Because that would have been what, June, July, and then leadership track was that September? Yeah. So um, for those few months I went, so I had lived on Oahu in Hawaii previously. So I went back there for a month to just reconnect with my church family, spiritual family and supporters. And then I actually went back to Philadelphia for a couple of months just to be with family and continue raising support. Okay, cool. And when, would you, did you always just plan on staffing once or did you, how'd that work out? Well, the funny thing about that is that I never really planned on staffing. <laughs> I know I was just secretly, but not secretly laughing at that. <laughs> Kelsey knew all about that. So I was like yeah. way ahead of God. And after DTS, I was wanting to go right into some kind of arts and missions movement. And um, right before staff training started, I was in Kona doing a leadership track with everyone, which all of my friends staffing the DTS. And God gave me this crazy vivid dream about how I was supposed to go back to South Africa and there were just a ton of details in that dream about why and how I was supposed to staff the DTS. Um, so I ended up telling the school leaders and it was all confirmed. So that's how I ended up staffing. Wow. So God gave you a dream. Full yeah. on. <laughs> no denying that. Yeah, that was awesome. And so you just staffed the one time? So, yeah, I just staffed the one time. And then so after staffing DTS, um, did he give you another dream or did he speak to you a different way? Like, is no, this a part of you know, in your life? That's the crazy part is that I was expecting another dream because I was like, well, what's next, God? And then um, I thought I was actually going to move to South Africa and do a long-term community plant there. 
and ended up going through kind of a difficult season, actually, of really making the decision to move out here to California. So I ended up going to 21 Project uh, with the Circuit Riders in Pasadena. And during that time, I felt like God was really giving me the choice, like, you know, you can actually move out here and do the same thing. Um, so I made the decision to come out to L.A. Oh, okay. 2014. Okay, wow. So he... You went from getting a dream. This is a clear direction from God. This is what you're supposed to do. To Nick's kind of step was, hey, here's some options. And you had to kind of discern what you wanted since God was giving you more of a choice, it sounds like. Exactly, yeah. That was that was a growing process for me. Yeah, it's much easier when he just tells us what to do. That's what I find. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, God, just tell me what to do and then I'll do it. And then I don't have to think because you're way smarter than me. But then sometimes he actually wants to... I guess, grow us and help us to make our own decisions and journey with him. Totally. I just wanted God to give me another dream or give me a prophetic <laughs> word and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'll just, you know, and I felt like he was actually saying, I want you to choose. Um, and I did feel like in that particular season, he was even saying, you know, it's the important thing was what I was going to do with him more importantly than where I was going to do it. Hmm. Wow. That's cool. That's cool. And so how long were you with uh, working with the circuit riders over in Pasadena? Um, so I joined the YWAM Pasadena community and thankfully was able to live in a house um, with some really great women and kind of go through my transition within the context of a YWAM community where they were, they were very open. So it was Amy Ward, Philip and Amy Ward's community, and they were very open to like, just me following Jesus and figuring out like what that was going to look like down the road for me. Cool. Um, so I served with circuit riders for a few months, but I, I think I had already known even before moving out here that eventually I was going to go back into work. So my, my degree and my work experience is in fashion and fine arts. And so I knew that at some point I really wanted to go back into that, but I wanted to bring, um, you know, a heart for missions and passion for Jesus into that sphere. Hmm. So just, uh, I've got the um, Lauren's seven spheres in front of me. So that would be under the celebration kind of sphere, arts, entertainment, and sports. That was kind of the field you'd trained in, you'd felt called to, and it was just figuring out how to transition well into that sphere. Yeah, so I had worked in that sphere for a few years before going into YWAM. Um, and then when I felt just the pull from the Lord to go into YWAM, I think I knew beforehand that I still wanted to like, that God wanted to bring around full circle and marry those two things together in my life. Wow. So how did, because a lot of people go to YWAM straight after high school or maybe they do their associates and then they go to YWAM. They're not sure what to do next. It sounds like you were already working, already using your degree. You said you felt like a pull from the Lord. So like, how did God lead you to do a, a YWAM DTS? Yeah, so I was sort of like the older crowd in YWAM. <laughs> the mature, the mature crowd. We were like the senior citizens, uh, you know, 29 years old doing our DTS. Um, no, and that was actually an amazing experience in itself because I was put into a room with nine other women, um, one bathroom, and we wow. were all like around. Sanctification. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? It was so amazing because we're all still really good friends. We all still support each other, and wherever we are now, we're spread out around the world. Um, but we were all around, like, late 20s, early 30s. And so, yeah, I had already, like, 
gone through a bit of life, like graduated from school and worked a few jobs in my field and even made a big move out to Hawaii on my own. And it was actually when I started listening to some podcasts from circuit riders like Andy Bird and Brian Brent. And then um, I got connected to a YWAM community house in Kaneohe, Hawaii. It was led by Davidson and Tiffany Brooks. Um, and they had a ministry weekend where Amy Ward came and ministered to the whole house. And I was just like, who are these people? I need to be a part of this. This is crazy. Like I've never experienced this with people my own age. And what I saw was just this crazy zeal and faith and passion for Jesus. And I was like, I really want to be a part of this. Um, the other cool thing that started happening during this season was I was working as a textile designer for a fashion company in Honolulu and um, just started getting really convicted about evangelism and how I wanted to be sharing Jesus with people at work, but I didn't quite know how, you know, in that context. And um, so God convicted me one day and the next day, an atheist that I worked with told me that she had a dream about me and the other Christian at work and how we were hiding these heart shaped cookies from her that we had we basically were hiding food from her we weren't sharing it with her (laughs) and i was like oh my gosh i think that dream is from god and she's like but i don't believe in him and i'm like but he still gave you a dream (laughs) (laughs) there's an open door to chat oh wow Wow. i remember that that's so cool yeah that was so it kind of started even before i i did my dts and then i was like so just dying to like you know, fully dive into missions and just like setting aside that whole time. I didn't, I wasn't sure how long it was going to be, you know, in ministry, but I just felt like that that's what, what, what God was leading me into. Yeah. Wow. So pretty clear leading. You got Amy Ward coming in and bringing down the house and yeah, yeah. you got stirred up <laughs> <laughs> and then another dream. So a few dreams in your story. <laughs> that's super cool. And yeah. so you, transitioned through by still journeying with the YWAM community and then tell us a bit more about the kind of transition period because a lot of our listeners might be going through that transition how did how did transition happen for you challenges struggles victories um yeah so I think it's been really hard but it's also been really beautiful um and some of the greatest growth I think that God's brought me through um I've had a lot of I really struggled at first I think with what's spiritual and non-spiritual, you know? So if you're going to go off uh, financial support, like if you're not going to be an occupational missionary in the traditional sense anymore, then obviously your first practical need is money. Um, so you have to find a job. And I think just that process, I was, I was kind of like, I, I struggled with a little bit of idealization of what things were going to look like in that transition because I got these big words, you know, or these big dreams about, oh, I want to start my own business or my own design firm or something. And I want to seal that with like, you know, living a present centered life and starting the day with worship and prayer. And I still fully believe that God wants to do that in my life. But I don't think at that point I had a very clear concept of how long that was going to take to build. Yeah. Um, And so when I started the transition, I would say that officially happened sometime around like 2015 or 2016 um, of just having to get a job. And then from there, I found myself in LA, which is one of the most competitive cities <laughs> to find a job in, especially mm-hmm. in arts and entertainment. Yeah. Um, and it was really just a process of just having to grow in hearing God for myself and in really just finding accuracy and following the leadership of Jesus in my own life. 
and not getting caught up in like, well, this job isn't very spiritual and this isn't very exciting, but it's like, wherever we go, we bring the presence of God with us. Even if it's being a server at a restaurant, which is what I had to do for a couple of years to supplement, you know, the entertainment industry work. Yeah. Wow. So it sounded like the way you heard God while you were kind of within YWAM and the way you were hearing God lead you and speak to you and discerning his leading as you were transitioning, was it, were you hearing him the same kind of way or was it kind of evolving how you were hearing him? Um, sometimes I think, yeah, it was definitely evolving because he was, especially in that season, I think he was just really growing me in making decisions and in just like trusting that God is in me and that there are times when he trusts us to make decisions and we don't necessarily have to have a prophetic word or um, even have a whole bunch of people telling us, cheering us on. Cause the thing about being in YWAM that's so wonderful is that you're surrounded by a bunch of Jesus loving encouragers who are constantly like, yes, like go do this. And then when you start to transition out of that, you don't always have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know on a daily basis especially you mean those people you were serving at the restaurant they weren't like <laughs> exactly. saying hallelujah in their, in their seats you don't show up to work with your co-workers and you know they're like you're so amazing so like, you don't have like you know, an intercession time in tongues and uh, before you start your shift okay so it's like you know that was that's always a little bit of a shock and i feel like going through that um it would of course i think it's good to just acknowledge that it's going to be hard and that the reason why we all signed up to, you know, be revivalists in the first place is because the world is a dark place and it needs the light of Jesus. Um, so going back into it, it's like, I think it's really good to carry the mindset like, yes, it's probably going to be hard in some ways, but Jesus, you know, is going to be with me and like, he's going to lead the way. Mm. Yeah. And I think what also can help, I know it's helped to me is, if I was going to like India to be a missionary there, I would expect it to be really hard. I would mm-hmm. expect there to be spiritual warfare. I'd expect there to be challenges, physical, emotional, spiritual challenges, relational challenges. But sometimes when we leave to be a missionary in Hollywood or we go to be a missionary in Toronto, we sometimes don't think, oh, it's going to be hard. Oh, it's going to be as difficult. But really, there's just as much spiritual warfare. There's just as much opposition. The devil is just as real trying to steal kill destroy our lives it's just a different kind of battle and um so actually just understanding that it's it's still going to be a challenge actually helps you i feel transcend that challenge if you don't expect it to be hard and it is then you deal with disappointment you deal with confusion sometimes sometimes even shame am i not doing enough because i thought it would be easier as you mentioned earlier you might have words so you feel like these words aren't coming to pass so god is faithful so is it my, is it my lack of faith or faithfulness and yeah, it can really, Absolutely. really be confusing if you think it's going to be smooth sailing. Absolutely. So, so you worked. Point. So you worked two years, kind of supplementing your income. You said. Um, so then, after two years, did you go full time into the celebration sphere? Like, tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So um, around 2016, I so doing costume design was always something that I wanted to try out because I've always loved movies and the film industry and of. Actually, Kelty, you were one of the people that uh, really spoke into that, just seeing that in my life that I had like some kind of calling to be in the entertainment industry and just be around entertainers and be around those people. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of a thing that I held, you know, in my heart for a long time. And so found myself in L.A. and one of my neighbors who was also in the missions community um, 
was working as a set 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 designer I'm sorry and so I just asked him and I said hey I've always been curious about what it looks like to work in the film industry and I have a degree in fashion and I know how to make clothes I'd like to get into costume design so long story short he connected me to some key people and I started the way it works in film sometimes is that you have to work for free especially in LA there's kind of this thing where you have to just like earn your credits on a few projects Um, and so that's how I started out and (laughs) so coincidentally one of my first projects was (laughs) Um, a music video for an artist that happens to be homosexual. Um, But when I I met with him and the other people involved, the music video itself was not at all like, you know, um, terrible. Like the content in it was not offensive. It was really just like a fun song and going to be a really beautiful music video. So I decided that I prayed about it. I felt like God was saying like, yeah, do this. And that he wanted me to just go be on that set to be a light and to love these people there. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know, so the first string of projects that I got in the film industry just really kind of threw me off at first because you come out mm-hmm. of YWAM. And when we think hardest and darkest, sometimes we think about places like India or we think about places like Nepal where there's just a lot of witchcraft or cannibalism or, you know. Uh, different religions but you don't necessarily think about a homosexual artist and being on his music video set Mm -hmm. Um, at least that's not what I had initially thought of when I thought of the hardest and darkest places but it totally made sense for how God made me and who Mm -hmm. he gave me favor and grace to be around Mm -hmm. Um, you know and I don't necessarily have the favor and the grace to go and be in an Islamic nation but I feel like I've had you know the understanding or at least the love for the people um, that are on film and TV sets mm-hmm. to be with them. Um, and so through that first music video, the the way that you get work in this industry often is based on relationship and who you know. So working on that music video connected me to a few more people that brought me on future projects, which uh, eventually led to to paid work. Mm. Okay, wow. Cool. So not the, uh, you couldn't have foreseen how God would have, led you into transitioning out of YWAM and how we would have got you your paid gigs and how long it would have taken to go full-time and it just seemed like you were kind of discerning as you were going and it wasn't always easy maybe to know what was God but having to make decisions and just kind of figuring it out as you go it sounds like yeah and it it also really challenged I think uh just what I knew to be right and wrong as far as like what projects can I really take because Mm -hmm. am I endorsing the spirit behind this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was the process that God was really bringing me through. And what I found that is when I got on these sets, when I went into these places, um, for example, one of the the dancers in the music video was a burlesque dancer in Hollywood, which of course I don't support burlesque dancing. And um, I've never had a history in anything near the sex industry, but I felt like I had, like God gave me the grace to be around all of that. And so she brought me into her work and wanted me to design a costume for her. And I was driving down to this, this burlesque club in Hollywood. And I was like, God, I really don't know if this is okay, but I really love this girl. And I really want to just like be a friend to her. And I want to share your love with her. And so I went and I met with these people and um, they were so honoring of me and so honoring of the fact that I was a Christian because I just said, you know, I can't really design anything that would objectify a woman, but I really want to see what's possible, you know, as in terms of work. 
And I just felt the Lord say, Christina, these people aren't going to go to church on Sunday. So I'm bringing you to them because I want them to know that I love them. And it was so much more about like relationship with these people than it was about the fact that I found myself in a burlesque club. And so I didn't end up, you know, getting into the burlesque field. It was more (laughs) about just like God bringing me there to develop relationship and friendship with these people. Mm. Yeah, that's a tough one of trying to discern by me doing this. Is this me? saying by my actions, I'm agreeing with this lifestyle or this way of life or this behavior, mm-hmm. or is it just me accepting them as a image bearer of, of God and it's me loving them and to love them, I need to be in relationship with them and to be in relationship with them, I need to be in their world to some degree and bring that light and that love and that truth into their world since they may not step, as you said, grace the door of a church, they may not come into to, to the world that we're familiar with. So what I, I find sometimes difficult is discerning between, is this me agreeing with them or is this me accepting them and, and understanding there is a difference that not yep. always if you're accepting them as a, as a human that deserves love doesn't always mean you're agreeing with their behavior and sometimes for things like i mean things like homosexuality or things like people working at a burlesque club it can appear more dark and sinister than someone say that's just generally sleeping with their girlfriend or practicing immorality other things that we also think are, are harmful to relationship and harmful to the human soul but mm-hmm. we'd still hang out with our, our friends that are non-Christian friends that are just sleeping with their girlfriend. We wouldn't think, oh, I can't hang out with them because am I saying that I think it's okay? But somehow if we hang out with sometimes someone that struggles with homosexuality, it can look like, are we agreeing with them if we go along with um, hanging out with them and their lifestyle and where they frequent, the places they frequent. But yeah, for me, it's helps. Okay, if I accept them, it's not necessarily agreeing with them. And generally, they know that we're Christians and what we believe so it's it's normally just other people looking on at us, I find, and just is this how are other people going to look at this, but having to get over the fear of man and what other people might think about my actions. Exactly. And, you know, uh, through that process, it really helped to have my my close friends just speak into it and pray with me and say, yeah, we feel like this is what God has for you. And you know what? We know who you are. So even if you get a reputation, like a dark reputation, we know that you love mm-hmm. Jesus and we know that you're not doing this because you are approving of homosexuality or approving of this, the content in this movie, we know that you're doing it because God's actually leading you there to be next to these people. And it's Mm -hmm. not so much about your resume. It's about relationship. Mm. Wow. That's cool. So it sounds like you're talking a little bit about there, the the friends you have, you sounds like you have some community there. I know a lot of people that uh, transition out of YWAM and that they're out in the spheres, sometimes finding community can be a challenge. So tell us a little bit about, the community you have, the people you lean into for wisdom and support and how you, yeah, how you came to have those friends. Um, so some of those friends were from my community on Oahu, um, a Calvary Chapel church that I found a while back and they just ended up being lifelong friends. And then of course, some of those friends like Kelty and you guys um, have been long-term friends now since, since DTS. So I stay in touch mostly long distance, you know, just talking over the phone and having weekly or biweekly conversations, deep conversations about what's going on and um, asking for prayer. Then there are also, we have some really great friends here that we've just grown close to over the years. My husband, um, his best friends from childhood live here. We also have some really good friends from church that we just regularly 
either have dinner with or we do airport runs, you know, whatever it looks like because LA life is so busy. Sometimes it looks like an airport run is your quality time. Mm. Um, but yeah, just, you know, seeing each other at church on Sunday, doing lunch after, and of course, just reaching out randomly and saying, hey, let's get together or I have to make this decision. Um, for example, I'll just share this quickly, but my first paid movie job was actually for a horror movie. And um, it was like such a curveball that I felt from God because it was like, you know, the fulfillment of a promise that God was going to provide work. And so I I worked that out in, in community and had several friends pray into it with me and just felt like God was saying yes, you know, and um, I really needed that support from people. Yeah. Dan, just to figure out what is God saying and, and knowing that God doesn't always want to just speak to us individually, but he, he made us to do life together and he's going to speak in community. And we have that, that support behind us knowing, okay, this really is God. And this really is something that we agree together. So it's not all on your shoulders per se. You get to share that, challenge with them i didn't realize christina just listening because i knew some of the like the horror film and everything i knew about that but some of the other ones i didn't even realize that yeah that you were involved with and i just laugh it's not funny but it is kind of funny (laughs) because knowing your personality just like god puts you in these situations and you always just want to do the right the right thing like i know that's so on your heart and you just want to do what he wants you to do and so I just was kind of like oh I'm like wow I didn't realize she had so many um just conflicting and challenging decisions to make along the way like I just thought there was oh there was a few but there was a lot more that I even knew of but it just it's so amazing how you've learned how to like make those decisions because I think those are like some of the hardest the hardest things to do is like god is this okay and you have just done a phenomenal job at it. And I remember you're always reaching out to people and asking for advice and asking for wisdom. And this is the situation. What do you guys think? What do you feel like God's saying? And, and every time you make that decision too, because I remember the horror film, like the prayer meetings and stuff before on set and the people that you met, I mean, the stories you had were incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was hard because I think I had an idea of you hear sometimes other people's stories like, oh, I got out of YWAM and I found this amazing job, you know, and it doesn't sound that dark. But when I, I started to transition, um, I did get these crazy prophetic words about how God made me kind of to go into mm-hmm. these dark places and bring pull people into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that was going to look like in the natural and to be honest, like I did get discouraged because I was like, am I doing something wrong here? Like I'm only attracting yeah. these weird jobs. But <laughs> I'll, you know, like, can I just, I'll do a Christian movie, you know, but be like, I didn't really want to do a Christian movie. I just want to go where Jesus is leading me. And mm-hmm. what I found is that when I showed up on these jobs, I felt the presence of God so strong. Like Jesus shines so brightly in the darkness. And it was so beautiful just to see like, he loves these people and that's who Jesus is. You know, he goes into the tax collector's home. He hangs out with the prostitute. Like he's still doing that now. And mm-hmm. um, it really, it, it broke me out a lot out of a lot of like religious mindsets, just even myself yeah. going on to these jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's huge. How did you, cause I mean, trying to process these things, obviously they're difficult to know what is God saying? What is God doing? And, how do you know even who to ask for wisdom? Because obviously some people might just 
where they're at might think, oh no, you can't ever work on a horror movie. Or how do you how do you discern who to even go to for advice? Oh, that is a great question. That was also a struggle. <laughs> but I I will say God has always provided community, like solid Christian community wherever I go. So even in that, like um, a really good friend of mine had already been working in the film industry and he has a heart for missions and he loves Jesus a lot. So he introduced me. There's these um, prayer networks in Hollywood of believers who gather monthly or biweekly and they just get together to pray and worship and encourage each other um, on everyone's journey. And so I actually met the leader of the Hollywood prayer network Wow. And she prayed over me prophetically. And so when I told her, I said, I have a real dilemma here because I've been offered my first paid job. She's like, that's wonderful. And I was like, but it's a horror movie. And she's like, oh, and she just kind of threw her head back and laughed. And she's like, but you're a YWAMer. YWAMers will go anywhere. That's what I love about YWAMers. <laughs> <laughs> so she laid her hands on me. She blessed me. And she just, she just said, um, you know, if you choose to do it, then great. She's like, but she would, she told me something and she's like, if you do it, if you decide not to do it out of fear, then don't mm. do that. She was like, that's the thing. I would like you to walk into that place with courage and trusting mm. God. Don't make the decision not to do it out of fear. Mm. Um, and that was kind mm. of like a confirmation for me. Cause I felt like the only thing influencing me to not be on that horror movie set was fear. Mm. Wow. That's huge. That's good advice. And it sounds like the most powerful advice you received was actually from someone already operating in that sphere, had some experience in that, that, that world, understood that world, wasn't just looking at that world from afar with no experiential knowledge um, of God speaking in that area. So it sounded like God really led you to someone that actually had the wisdom that you needed. Exactly. And that, I think on one hand, like we have to be willing to, to just follow God, even if he's calling us to pioneer something where maybe there isn't someone to reach out to. Mm -hmm. And you just really have to trust that you're, you're hearing God and just trust him through that. But also I think like, it's just the kindness of God to bring those people around just to give you the encouragement and the peace. Like, okay, God is calling you into this and you are covered through this. Mm. I love that. She's like, you're a YWAMA. YWAMAs go everywhere. From everywhere <laughs> to everywhere. That's right. <laughs> Why our name lives on. That's fantastic. <laughs> so what does the what does the future hold? Any plans, dreams, goals, any words you're holding on to about the future? What does what does the future look like? Yeah, so right now I'm actually working as a graphic artist for a fashion company and um I got married a year ago. Praise God. Nice. So, my wonderful husband came into my life. Um, through this whole process of coming to LA. So that was probably the best reason for why God brought me to LA. Um <laughs> And so we are actually just building our life together and we've both just felt like God's given us a dream to start our own business. Cool. And that's been confirmed through several prophetic words from strangers and from friends that are confirming like, yeah, we really feel like there's this thing on your life and your future to start a business. And so where we're at right now, we're both working as employees for different companies. My husband is in the specialty coffee industry as a director. And then I'm a graphic artist for a fashion company and, we're not exactly sure how or what the business is going to be, like how it's going to come together or what it's going to look like yet. But we do know that our heart behind it is actually to bring integrity and justice to help people do business wherever we are. If we end up staying in LA or if we stay in America or if we move to another country, we just want to change like 
just the work culture and how people um, just hold themselves in integrity. And so um, we're praying into practically what the business is going to look like. But I feel like in this season, God's just really putting in our hearts how we want to see a work culture, what we want to see the day to day look like and how we want to how employees might feel working for us, you know, and how we can Mm -hmm. treat people, how we can bring the light of Jesus into the world of business. Wow. It's amazing. Sounds like you are being visionary to quote one of the YM values. (laughs) Yes. It's a visionary season right now. That's super cool. So moving into the economy sphere, science, technology, business, feeling like God is calling you to, be leaders and have a set up a culture where other people can enter into and really encounter the kingdom that way. That's, that's super cool. Super pioneering, super YWAM of you. Yes. Pioneering something new. (laughs) Yes. We're really excited for it. Um, I think it's just a time of letting God build all of that in us and it's not quite time to uh, start it yet practically, but we're excited Mm -hmm. to do that hopefully within the next few years. Mm. Reminds me of something. I remember Lauren saying it, one time you said it's sometimes it's easier to hear God, but sometimes it's hard to discern the timing of what you've heard. It yes. sounds like you've heard God about what to do, but now it's just walking, carrying that word, discerning the timing. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly. The challenging part, which is the really relational part because you have to walk that out over time in relationship with God and others. And that's, that's what he desires anyway. So sounds like you're taking great steps forward. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's exciting, especially now to have, my husband by my side doing it with him um yeah and and it was really cool how god involved him in that process it was actually very early on in our our dating relationship that i got this offer to do a horror movie so my husband john was a part of encouraging me on that and praying for me through that and just being a support to me while i was on the set Mm. um and so it's really beautiful how god kind of wove him into that story He knows what we need at the right time. That's super cool. So as we wrap up, uh, two pieces of advice for other YWAMers that are in the spheres or maybe just leaving YWAM, they're just new to the spheres. What are are kind of two pieces of advice you'd want to give them? Um, Well, I feel like it should go without saying, but I just have to say stay as close to Jesus as you possibly can and do whatever you have to do to fight for that growth and that intimacy with him and pray and pray and pray a lot. (laughs) Um, so I feel like from, you know, coming out of YWAM, it's like, just take that culture of worship and prayer and intimacy into your, into your life, wherever you go, whether it's praying, worshiping in your car on your way to work, praying through the hallways of the building where you work, and then, um, just bringing the presence of God into every part of life, whether it's family, whether it's coworkers. Um, I feel like the second part is know your mission field. So like we were saying earlier, a lot of times when you're in the traditional sense of missions, you focus on other countries and we intercede for those countries. So when you're back, say you're in your own country like America um, and you're going into a regular workplace like an office, know your mission field and know, okay, evangelism may not look like street evangelism where I just start preaching the gospel, you know, to these people the minute I meet them. It may look like over the course of a year, I'm going to let them I'm going to build trust with them and I'm going to learn who they are and, and learn how to love them. And then later on down the road, it could be months, it could be a year. They're going to find Mm -hmm. out this is all really Jesus loving me through this person. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of the journey that I'm on right now that I'm just finding like, 
we may not be able to say like, I feel like God says this is who you are, but you can just say, wow, you're such an excellent communicator and you're such a good leader and like speak life into people mm-hmm. and, and you're still sharing the love of God. You may not be able to say in that moment, like Jesus loves you, but you will over time be able to get that across to them. So I think mm-hmm. it's, that's the thing I've had cool. to learn, just understanding my mission field and praying for my mission field. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's good. that's good advice. I think that'll help a lot of people that are listening. That's hard to do. Yeah. It's being it patient. And it's being patient too, right? And trusting that, yeah. Like, again, knowing you, you just want to do the right thing. You want to give them glory. But it, it's discerning, like, that the actual right time, which is, it's really, yeah, hard to do. It is. It is hard to do. And it's definitely felt constricting for me in some ways. But I feel like, again, I just always want to say yes to Jesus and just do anything with Jesus because he Mm -hmm. always knows better than we do. So, um, yeah, I just love, I love what he does through every season. Mm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, what a great way to finish. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Christina, for being our uh, debut as we pioneer this podcast. You are our first guinea pig. You did an amazing job. It was so cool to rehear your story. It's awesome. Thank you. It's such an honor. You two are amazing. And I just so, so glad and so excited that you're doing this. And so honored to be your very first guest. Come on. And now yeah, you and now you're obligated to listen to every single podcast <laughs> from now on. So that's that's fantastic. Oh, I would anyway. I'm so excited to hear to hear the rest of the conversations and just even having a space to to hear how people are doing, you know, that are mm-hmm. transitioning out of Y Women and hear all these stories that Normally, we might not get a chance to hear. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited. I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Yeah, cool. Well, Katrina, enjoy the sunshine as we go make some snow angels. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I, well, I love you guys. God bless you guys. Love awesome. you, Christina. Thank you. See you, Christina. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, that's all for now. We hope you were encouraged by today's interview. If you aren't already doing so, follow us at YWAM Spheres on Instagram, join our Facebook group, and check out our website to find more resources to help you thrive in the spheres. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.